what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. When adultery takes place in a marriage, usually the one who is guilty of adultery will start giving less attention to their spouse. Same thing takes place with spiritual adultery. You're spending less time alone with Jesus Christ. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning. Turn with me, please, to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. Let's begin with verse 1. And then went Samson to Gaza, and saw there a harlot, and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in, and laid wait for him all the night in the gate of the city. And were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gate of the city, and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning. Samson and the harlot. This chapter begins with the phrase there in verse 1, Then Samson went to Gaza. The word then refers back to a previous time. In this case, it refers back to one of the greatest victories that Samson ever won while he was alive against the Philistines. He found himself in the midst of a bunch of Philistines. Actually, his own people tied his hands and delivered them into the hands of their enemies. And I want you to think of that for just a minute. Israel delivered, gave up the only one who could deliver them. And I wonder today how many churches are giving up the only one, Jesus Christ, that can save their souls. And they give him up because he offends people. But Samson finds himself in the midst of all these Philistines. He's being attacked from every side. And in the midst of this conflict, he finds the jawbone of a donkey, the jawbone of a dead animal. He grabbed that jawbone and started slinging it. And he killed a thousand Philistines with that jawbone. The jawbone is not your weapon of choice in the natural. But when you're fighting for your life, you'll grab whatever you can get. That jawbone is a type of the Word of God. We don't think of the Word of God as a weapon, but ladies and gentlemen, it is. 
It is your greatest weapon. When the enemy is coming against you, and you got one thing hitting you right after the other, use the Word of God. Learn this book. Take it with you in your heart, so that when you're attacked of the enemy, you'll have something to fight with. And Samson won a great victory. And then we read these words, and Samson saw a harlot and went in unto her. Now I want to deal with some things here. First of all, let me say this. The Bible does not say what went on behind closed doors. Okay? We just automatically assume the worst because of who he's with. He's guilty by association. Point number one, you as a child of God, you need to be careful who you hang with. Who your friends are, who you buddy up with, because what they do will rub off on you. It don't look good and it'll mess up your testimony. So you need to be careful with that. And preachers, point number two, preachers need to be especially careful. We have to counsel people from time to time, and, and, and we need to be cognizant of who we're in a room along with, especially when it's a person of the opposite sex. You've got to be careful with that. But most think that Samson failed the Lord when he went into the house with this harlot. When we think of failure in the life of a Christian, we don't like to think of it in the magnitude of what Samson is assumed to have done here. But let me tell you, it happens. And it happens more than you think. And it happens, sadly, with a lot of the leadership that's in the church. Now, I'm going to say some things here. And I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody. But I do need to point out some things. Number one, the greater the victory, the greater Satan is going to attack either before or after that great victory. Let me say that again. Either before or after a great victory, Satan is going to attack. And the greater your victory, the greater the attack is going to be. And Samson just came through a battle and won that battle. The greatest victory that Samson ever won. Point number two. Those that are in leadership positions are exposed to a greater depth of spiritual warfare than the average Christian. Because Satan is trying to destroy the work of God, and he's trying to destroy those who are effective in the work of God. So he's going to hit those that are in leadership a little bit harder than the average Christian. Number three, when you hear something negative, a failure in the life of a brother or a sister in the Lord, understand that what you're hearing is gossip. 
and you need to treat it accordingly. Don't go around talking about it and spreading stuff that you don't know nothing about. The only one you need to talk to about it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Get on your face before God and pray for that dear brother or sister in the Lord that God will restore them if such a thing occurred. Well, Brother James, what about if it's true? These things do happen. Again, let me say this. If it is true... You do not know the depth of spiritual warfare involved. And you need to ask yourself this question. If you were in their shoes, and you were under that pressure and in that situation, would you have done any better or even as well? You need to think about that. But most think that Samson committed the sin of fornication. Fornication is sex outside of marriage. Anybody who practices sex outside of marriage, you need to understand you're committing the sin of fornication, and God is not pleased with that. All right, let me deal with some Christians. If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend... And you move in together and y'all going to live together for a little while and you want to try some things out before you get married. That ain't right. That ain't right. Well, you say, well, Brother James, there ain't nothing going on. The Bible says abstain from the very appearance of evil. You're messing up your testimony and you're putting yourself in a situation where something can happen. So if you were in a relationship like that and y'all are shacking up, you either need to go ahead and get married or you need to break it off one or the other because what you're doing is not right and God is not pleased with it. Now, some think that Samson committed the sin of adultery. But Samson didn't commit the sin of adultery because adultery is when a husband or a wife is unfaithful to their spouse. Let me tell you this. If you are a Christian, and you're married, and you've got a little thing going over here on the side, you're having an affair, you need to stop it. You need to put an end to it. Ask God to help you get it out, get out of it, because you're wrecking your family. You're ruining your marriage. You're putting a strain on that marriage. And let me tell you something else. When children are involved, they're the ones who suffer the most. Brandon, if you will, put this up on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. If you are under the sound of my voice today and you are looking at pornography, you are committing the sin of fornication and the sin of adultery and you need to stop it. Jesus went on to say, verse 29, Matthew chapter 5, 
If your right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is more profitable for thee that one of your members should perish and that thy whole body should be cast into hell. You need to get rid of all pornographic materials. Burn it, cast it from you, pluck it out, get rid of it, because you are in danger of losing your soul. Now I'm going to deal with one other thing. Homosexuality. If there is anyone under the sound of my voice today, and you are involved in a homosexual relationship, or maybe you are in a gay marriage, I've got to tell you this. The government may look at it as a marriage and may accept it as such, but God does not. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Not two men or two women getting married. If you're involved in such as that, you need to know that God is not pleased with that lifestyle. Now, most of you listening to me today, you're like, Brother James is really hitting some hard ones today. I, I, I know so-and-so really needs to hear that. I'm glad he ain't stepping on my toes today. Well, just wait right there, honey. I'm coming. Just sit right there. Because I'm going to deal with something now, and I'm going to deal with something that most of you have never heard in all of your life. And it's the subject of spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. What is that? Brandon, if you will, go to Romans chapter 6. Every single human being is born in a relationship with the sin nature. Actually, you are married to the sin nature till death do you part. But wait a minute. The moment you got saved, the moment you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on Calvary, Romans chapter 6 took place. And Paul asked this question, Romans 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Let me paraphrase that. Shall we continue in a relationship with the sin nature so that grace may abound? In other words, can we just go out and sin and do whatever and say, well, the Lord will just forgive me? No. Paul said, verse 2, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin, look at those words very carefully if you will, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Like I said, we're married to the sin nature till death do you part. But here's what Paul is telling us. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, you identify with Christ. And when Jesus died on Calvary, you died with him. And you are no longer married to that sin nature. There is to be no more relationship going on with the sin nature. Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. The word baptized means to come into union with. The same thing as a marriage. 
you come into union with your spouse. When you got saved, you came into union with Jesus Christ. I'm trying to tell you, you are now married to Jesus Christ. And you can't be married to Jesus Christ unless a death has taken place and you've divorced that sin nature. He went on to say, verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. All that we used to be prior to salvation has been buried with Jesus Christ, out of sight, never to be remembered against you anymore. And in the mind of God, we were never married to a sin nature. We are clean. We're like a, a, a virgin. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's why Paul went on to say, latter part of verse 4, Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. That's that new creation. That new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and now all things have become new. You're in a new relationship now with Jesus Christ. How many of you are enjoying your honeymoon with Jesus Christ? Brother James, I ain't never heard it put like that before. Well, let me just say this. Sometimes when two people want to get married, you love that young man so much, you young, that young lady, you love her so much, well, you could eat them. And after you get married, you wish you had. Because after you're married, you start living with them, you start to see some of the flaws and some of the problems there. But when you're married to Jesus Christ, there are no problems. There are no issues. Oh, but there can be some issues. How many of you know it's not good when you're married to start up a relationship with an old flame? That's not good in a physical marriage. And let me tell you, it's not good in a spiritual marriage with Jesus Christ when you're married to Christ, but yet you're trying to start relations up with the sin nature again. That sin nature wants you back. And you start dating that sin nature, you're, you're in trouble. You're committing the sin of spiritual adultery. Now let's look at some of the signs of spiritual adultery. Just as there are signs in a physical marriage of adultery, these same signs can apply to spiritual adultery. When adultery takes place in a marriage, usually the one who is guilty of adultery will start giving less attention to their spouse and less time. Same thing takes place with spiritual adultery. You're spending less time alone with Jesus Christ and you're paying less attention to the things of God. Are you committing the sin of spiritual adultery today? Ask yourself these questions. Are you spending more quality time alone with the Lord, or are you into the things of the world? Well, now, let me tell you an easy way to find out. Get your bank statement each month and look on there and see how much money you're spending on entertainment and how much you're giving to the work of God. Old Christmas is right around the corner. And I'm going to say this. If you put more money under that Christmas tree than you do in an offering plate in a year's time, you need to repent. 
You're guilty of the sin of adultery. Spiritual adultery. Number two, ask yourself this question. Are you faithful to Bible reading? Are you faithful to your prayer time? Are you faithful in church attendance? If you're lacking in one or more of these things, chances are you're committing the sin of spiritual adultery. Oh, good grace and mercy. And then y'all won't sit here this morning. We all won't sit here this morning and look at Samson and point the finger at him and say, oh, look at what he did. You better start looking at what you're doing. You better start taking a proper examination of your life. All right, I've dealt with it on a personal level. Let's look at spiritual adultery on a corporate level. There are churches in entire denominations today that are committing the sin of spiritual adultery. Brother James, how do I know that the church I'm going to or the denomination I'm associated with is committing that sin? Ask yourself this question. The church that you're going to, where do they stand as it pertains to ordaining homosexuals to preach and gay marriage? Ask yourself this question. The church you're going to, do they accept other religions as a way to get to heaven other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified? If you answered yes to either one of those questions, chances are you're going to a church that is committing the sin of spiritual adultery. You're not involved in a true church. You're involved with a harlot. And you need to get out of it. Well, Brother James, I've been going to that church all my life, and my great-grandpappy brought, bought the pews that went in there, and they bought the windows, and they did this, and they did that. And, Brother James, I got blue blood there. I don't care how much blue blood is there. You cannot stay in a church like that and, and, and think you're going to be spiritually okay. You're not. You're involved in a church that is committing spiritual adultery. And you're going to be in trouble. And Samson, the Bible says the Gazites surrounded him. They found out about it. If you look there in Judges 16, verse 2, they compassed him round about and waited to kill him. John 10, 10 tells us that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Sin is what gives Satan a legal right to do what he does. If you're under the sound of my voice today and you're guilty of committing adultery in any fashion, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Uh, Brandon, if you will, John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In Judges 16, verse 3, the Bible says that Samson lay till midnight. It's the midnight hour for some of you under the sound of my voice today. And you're compassed in round about by the enemy. And there's no way out. I'm here to tell you today there is a way out. And you can take that way out before it's too late. God dealt with Samson while he lay there. 
at midnight. And I believe that God is dealing with some of you under the sound of my voice right now. You better get out of it while while there's still time. And Samson, the Bible says, he got up. He arose at midnight. The Holy Spirit of God is dealing with some of you. And you need to get up, spiritually speaking. You need to put an end to what you're doing and take a better assessment of your life and your relationship with Jesus Christ. He arose at midnight. And then it says in verse 13, He took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, put them upon his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. What is that? That is what God wants you and I to be. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be overcomers in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The Lord can give you the strength today to do and accomplish things that you never thought was possible. But you've got to get up out of that bed, get out of that adulterous relationship, whether it be physical or spiritual adultery. You've got to get out of that bed and mean business with God. Samson and the harlot, is that you this morning? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 